Hey, mamas. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I had planned on taking this week to simply plan and prepare the next couple of weeks. And I've been talking to all kinds of working moms and really excited for the next couple of weeks and what I have lined up. And my family's been on vacation this past week, so it uh, was a time to just kind of relax and um, be able to just kind of take a moment, honestly, um, after everything that's been going on. But my heart's a little heavy with everything going on, and I can't get this idea of what I want to say kind of out of my mind, and I take that as the Lord telling me to share. So uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of what I know and don't know and what we can do uh, about everything that's been happening this week. So let's dive in. So normally when I record a podcast, I, I have some notes. I typically make kind of an outline of questions that I want to ask and things that I want to say. Um, I don't follow the script exactly, but it gives me an idea of what I want to accomplish. And it also helps me stay on track so that a podcast isn't three hours long, which of course none of my mamas would have time to listen to. But I had a long drive back yesterday. My family drove down to Florida in an RV, and the drive home was about 11 hours, and then you add two children and parents and gas stops and dinner and all the traffic and things, and it took us about 12 and a half hours. And so during that time, I was kind of scrolling through social media. I really hadn't spent a whole lot of time on social media other than sharing some pictures because I really wanted time to just kind of disconnect. And normally when I go to Florida, I love to share some inspiration um, from my time at the ocean. I love the ocean, and I feel like it's so symbolic of the sort of dynamic presence of God. You know, as far as you can see, the ocean goes from one end to the other, And as far as you can see in front of you, too, it just goes and goes. And it it just really has always been a place for me where I have found God. It's, It's just really a place where I feel the presence and the power and the majesty, um, and the reverence because the ocean is so powerful while still being so calming. And so I, I really just love that. But this week with everything going on, the charges against the police officer, um, the protests and riots and everybody on social media, you know, has a different opinion. And so I was just reading through some of that and stopped to kind of think about how do I feel about this? Why do I feel a certain way? What causes someone to feel a certain way? You know, what is racism? What is anti-racism. What does it mean to see people? What does it mean to say something like, I see you, 
I hear you. What does that mean? It, it's easy to post that on social media. Uh, it's totally different to show up, right? I, I keep thinking to myself, this is what we do kind of on social media. We put this stuff out there and it's sometimes, and, and this is me owning this as much as anybody else, but sometimes what we put out there is what we wish we could do or what we wish we could be. Um, it's that highlight reel essentially, and it's not who we really are. And so I have had this on my mind and my heart for really the whole week. It's kind of been just sort of sitting there um, asking me, what are you going to do with this? You know, what are, what are you going to say about this? And so I wanted to kind of talk through just a couple of different things that have come to mind for me. And the first is, why do I feel the way that I do? So for those of you who don't know me personally, I grew up in a very small town um, in Tennessee. Definitely, I would say, part of the Deep South. And I grew up with parents who still remember when we had black and white restrooms. I have grandparents who have passed away now, but grandparents who still very much remember the Civil Rights Act in the 60s and all that came with that. And so I started there and I said, you know, as um, a, a white female, middle-aged Tennessean, this was my worldview. This is, you know, what I grew up with. I think sometimes we think that, we think of slavery, right? And we just think, or at least I do, am guilty of thinking that's ancient history, right? That's, that's so far removed and so long ago that there's no way that that's still impacting anybody today, right? That's what we read about in the history books. That's ancient history. And it isn't, though. The reality is, is that it just hasn't been that long ago that this type of suffering and abuse and just horrific things happened. I mean, less than like, what, 60 years ago, we still forced human beings to use a different restroom. The, the thought just baffles me, but that's how close it was. My parents lived through that. Um, they lived through, um, you know, when, when all those changes happened. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, how has that framed my perspective? You know, I grew up in a very small town, and... My grandmother was of Church of Christ, you know, very strong woman of God, but it was not uncommon for her to use inappropriate language in regards to another race. It was not uncommon for any of my family to refer to certain parts of town as quote unquote black section. And, you know, I'm sharing this because this is, this is what I grew up with right? This was normal for me. Nobody thought anything about it. And so as I start to think about how my views are framed and how 
I think about the world, I'm starting to realize that what Rachel Hollis says is really true. She has something that she says um, that says, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Um, You know, I've always said you can't know what you don't know. Sometimes you just do the best you can. You don't know what you don't know. And for most of my life, because of how I grew up and where I grew up, I just didn't know. I don't have any interaction really with anyone else of another race, probably until I got to college. And really for the first time in my life, I was thrown into a culture of all different kinds of people. And for the first time, I really started to see the beauty of the world through God's eyes because I had only ever known this little bitty, you know, blip on planet Earth that was my hometown. And so I've really started to think through that and how that has framed my perspective. And the reality is I'm just incredibly limited on my amount of knowledge. And so that's, you know, that's where I'm coming from as I start to kind of wrap my head around everything that's being said and what I think about it and, you know, what I believe. And I obviously feel very strongly that that this is wrong, Um, you know, that us categorizing any one group of people and, you know, treating them any differently is just so wrong and it's so against how God created this world to be. And so that's where I started. I started with where is my view and where does it come from? Um, And then I moved on to what I know. So when I see, you know, these stories and hear about some of the atrocities that have happened and there's all these names, you know, that people are circulating to remember these lives that have been lost. It's very easy to disregard because I don't know them, right? And so I started to ask some questions of people around me. Have you ever experienced this? Does this happen to you? Um, is this for real or is this more fake news? Like we sometimes don't know what to believe, right? And again, this is not me trying to be insensitive. This is me sharing what this tiny little part of my world looks like just because of my limited knowledge. And so what I found in asking some of these questions is that there are lots of people in my life who have been subjected or who maybe have experienced some type of prejudice alongside a friend or alongside a coworker. And, you know, one particular story, a friend of mine was saying that she was working late one night. She was working for catering um, and they had finished an event and she was bringing a friend home who happened to be um, a football kind of-esque, you know, African-American dude um, that she was buddies with. And she stopped at a gas station to get gas and she notices a police officer kind of looking at her and she kind of, you know, acknowledged him and paid for her gas and went about her way. Within a few moments... Uh, she was pulled over. She had not been speeding. 
She hadn't ran any traffic lights. She had not uh, failed to use her turning signal or yield a lane or any of the things that one would be pulled over for. And so the officer comes to the window, asks to see her driver's license, registration, you know, all the things, and then asks her if she's doing okay tonight. And then she was like, well, yes, you know, can you tell me, you know, why I was pulled over? Oh, we're just, you know, just checking, you know, just checking in on you. And so everything is wrapped up. Everything's fine. There's no citation. There's no ticket. And so she starts to drive away and she's like, what the heck was that all about? And her friend was like, what do you mean? I mean, we were just profiled. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I mean, look at me. I'm a you know, big guy and I'm a black dude and you're, you know, a little white girl. Like, why are you hanging out with me? And he wanted to make sure that you were safe because obviously I'm a threat. And she told me that story and I was just like, I'm, I'm shocked that that kind of thing happens. Um, and kind of in disbelief and I just, I just don't know what to do with it. Because, again, that's me never having experienced anything like that. Um, and so I'm grateful that, you know, she shared that story. Um, what I know is that I, I don't know much. Um, I, I don't know much. And I am learning. And this is something else Rachel Hollis says at the end of Girl, Wash Your Face. And I love it. But she reminds us that if all the people in our lives look like us, act like us, believe like us, speak like us, we don't learn anything, right? We can't grow outside of our own uh, demographic or mindset. Um, and really, we don't love well because we're just in this little box that we've created that's maybe we think safe or comfortable or whatever, but we really limit ourselves um, to loving, to being able to show Christ's love because we're just in this little section. And so I have also realized um, just in the past couple of years how few friends I have of another race. And that's not something that I've purposefully done. It's just been something that sort of happened. And now, within the last, I would say, two years, three years, um, I have more friends of different races. I have a very good friend who, um, whose husband is African-American, and she has opened my eyes just to so many things. You know, she has a son, um, and, and her concern is what happens when he grows up. Do people look at him differently? When does he stop being a cute little boy and become a threatening man? Um, I think of sorority sisters uh, in my life who I love deeply and care about deeply and, and, and are broken by any, you know, prejudice against them. I didn't understand that. Um, I now have a niece who is African-American. And so my, my thoughts go to that um, family member in my life to say, how is this going to affect her? How could this affect, you know, potential um, spouses for her in the future or friends of hers? Or, you know, how could it affect her, you know, personally? And 
when you start to get outside of your little bubble, it just does something to you. And, and it goes back to that quote that I, I said before, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And until we change and until we push ourselves outside of comfort zones and outside of just what we know and where we feel safe and secure, then we can't know. We can't see things any differently, not because we don't want to, but because we literally don't have the ability to. One of the things that comes to mind when I start thinking through scenarios and just that limited viewpoint that we have because of just lack of of experience, I think about the movie Remember the Titans and there's a part in that movie when the ex-coach's daughter is playing at the new coach's home, played by Denzel Washington, and someone comes by. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a really, really good movie. Um, It has an incredible message, and it tells the story of basically an African-American coach who was brought in to coach a football team. Um, And it was in that time of, I think, affirmative action where they were just making sure that people had jobs and um, there was a lot of discrimination against um, people of color during that time. And so this coach was brought in um, to coach the football team and his daughter had become friends with the previous head coach who was now the assistant coach. And while both little girls were playing in the living room, somebody comes by and throws a rock through the window and honks horns and it's just, you know, stupid. And the assistant coach comes to get his daughter and he just freaks out. He's like, you know, you just, you know, you exposed my daughter to danger. Like, I I can't have her, you know, dealing with this or living with this. And Denzel turns to him in a way that, let's be real, only Denzel Washington can do. And he said, maybe you have a little bit of a glimpse of what my family deals with every day. The other thing that I feel certain that I know to be true is that we can't underestimate the power of a small group of people because that's the only thing that has ever really changed the world. And I forgot who said that, but that is so very, very true. I think that... What I know is that there are a lot of incredible human beings in the world. We have close friends who are police officers who are mortified by things that happen like this, but yet lumped into that same category. And we're real quick to defend as we should be, 
But we should also remember that it's just a small group of people who are causing a lot of damage and that the bulk of this movement is peaceful and people just trying to say, you have got to start listening. You've got to start paying attention. We aren't making this stuff up. And I was really challenged by that thought, how quickly we are to defend how good You know, this was just a bad apple or a bad seed. And I think that's true because I think we have an incredible, um, we have an incredible group of, of police officers, most of whom defend and love every person that they protect. But what I also know is that a lot of those people who maybe are the bad apples may very well have a world perspective that I came from. They can't see the world as it is. They can only see the world as they are. And so they're living in this place that says that some people are undeserving. And what hurts my heart with that is that they are, there's just so much brokenness there, right? There's brokenness and just lack of knowledge and hurt by people who have been suffering for years, people who've had multiple family members harmed in some way or subjected to something undeserving. And then we have the brokenness and the lostness of people who can't see people through any lens but their own life, and they have this prejudice. And I'm confident that they probably don't know where it comes from, but I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes straight from hell. Satan is only interested in killing and stealing and destroying, and he does that in any way possible. So that's where it comes from. That hatred, that, that evil, it comes straight from the pits of hell. And so I think when we're thinking about that, And when I think through that, Christ came for us all. Every man, woman, child, every color, every demographic, every sin, everything we've ever done, he came for it all. There was no difference in what he came to do. He came to save the world, period. There wasn't a comma or a semicolon or he just came. And I'm sure it breaks his heart to see us fight like this, to see people he died for subjected to something evil because they look different. Imagine Christ's heartbreak in those moments. Some even as far as to say religious leaders or, you know, I'm thinking back to my grandma who was, you know, a huge church of Christ, loved the Lord. Shoot, she'd witness to you in the cereal aisle in Kroger and ask you if you were ready to meet the Lord. But deep down, she could only see the world through her lens. She could only see it as she was and not 
the reality that it really was. I say all this to say, one, that's where I came from. That's where my knowledge comes from. Families who remember those time periods. They're not just in the history books. They are recent memories. And if they are recent for me and my parents and my grandparents, I have to believe that they are raw and they are hurtful to a lot of families out there whose maybe grandparents lived through that too. And what I know is that Christ died for it all. And even though I don't understand, I don't understand, I'm beginning to figure out that it's not somebody else's job to teach me, but it's my job to learn. And I'm not sure that I even know what that looks like other than to start asking a lot more questions. What did that feel like? Has that ever happened before? What do you need from me right now? What can I do to help expand the worldview of somebody else? And I think part of it could be just sharing the story. Just sharing why it is that I see the world the way that I see the world. We assume that everybody, I think, sees the world kind of the same way, right? Because we see it as we are, not as it is. And so I think we have to start asking harder questions. We have to start putting ourselves in an uncomfortable situation because other people of color are being forced into uncomfortable situations, So if we can step into an uncomfortable space in solidarity and just say, I'm here, I'm I'm right here with you. It's the thing that I think of when I think about how to support a working mom who is drained and exhausted. She doesn't need advice. She needs someone to say, I'm right here with you. You've got this. I believe in you. I support you. I'm with you. So the question then becomes, what do we do? I think it can be really hard to know what to do, especially in our world. So... We pop open our phones and we get on social media and we're real quick to say, 
this is how we feel, this is wrong, this is right, I love America, and here's a Martin Luther King quote. And you guys, that's what I did. I shared a Martin Luther King quote because it supported what I was feeling. Right? And I was challenged just in my own heart. Why did you post that? Why did you say that? Does that help? Newsflash, we don't change anybody's mind on social media. Nobody's changing political affiliations or party lines or probably even the way that they parent or how they're in their marriage based on what they see on social media. If anything, you know, we're, we're just comparing or we're trying to shut off our own mind or make ourselves feel better about something. And so I was really challenged by that because it was sort of just like my second nature to do that because, again, that's how I see the world. I see it because that's how I am, not because that's how the world really is. So what can we do? What can I do? I want to make sure that I keep expanding the people in my life, that I keep pushing myself into uncomfortable situations and conversations so that I can listen and so that I can learn. Because here's the thing, throwing it way back to Stephen Covey, you know, and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Nobody is going to listen to anything you have to say until they feel your love, until they feel your genuine interest, until they feel your care and support. I think all too often we just try to throw a Band-Aid out there and say, here you go, I support you. Here's a Band-Aid. I don't know what else to do. And that's kind of where I'm at on most days. But going back to what I said before, I think the burden is on me to listen and learn and love. And it's not on someone else to educate me. It's our job to expand our worldview. It's our job as Christians to push back on things and say, I'm loving you straight through this. That's what Christ did. If anything, he walked into the churches to to the, you know, I can't think of the name right now, but he walked into those leaders, the Sadducees, you know, and, and, and said, what basically what's wrong with you? And he went out and hung out with the people. And he got to know them, and they trusted him, and he loved them irregardless of anything that they had done. And in turn, 
He was in relationship. They were in relationship. And so that's what I'm going to work on. That's my pledge. That's my, what can I do? I feel hopeless and helpless and I'm tired of just posting something that doesn't make any difference on social media so that I can feel better. I'm going to expand who I talk to. I'm going to be intentional about being in community and being in relationship with people who look different than me and my family, people who think differently than I do, and people who have a worldview that I don't have simply because they didn't grow up in that little country speck of a town that I called home, which I love. But it's limited to its own capacity, right? It's limited to its own views until until people push outside of that perspective. So I don't know where you are if you're listening to this. I didn't intend to do a podcast today about this. But the vision for Memoirs from the Minivan was given to me a little over a year ago, but about this same time. And it's not mine to control. God gave me that vision, and I think he wanted me to share this today because he just laid it on my heart and just kept nudging me all day. Please don't be quiet about this. So I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear about your world as you know it so that I can see the world as you know it. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Memoirs from the Minivan, where I shared my thoughts about all the things that are going on. If you know a mama who you think has an amazing story, please reach out. You can reach us at memoirsfromtheminivan at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at memoirsfromtheminivan or Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can be in the loop on all of our upcoming episodes. Have a great day, mamas.